Yesterday I was at the mall, and that is always an adventure going to the mall. You see things you wish you never seen in your entire life when you go into the mall. The only thing worse than going to the mall is going to Splish Splash in the summer, man. I- I'm scarred from life. If you ever been to Splish Splash in the summer, you know, man, that'd close your eyes when you were walking through that place because there are some really scary things there. But I saw a kid there. And he had something in his hand, and it really got my attention. I was at the mall. This kid was walking through the mall, and he was texting on his iPad. I was like, really? Is that what kids are doing nowadays? Is that what's cool? So I, I didn't think anything of it. It just got my attention for a second, and I went into the Apple store, and I did what I had to do. And then I walked out, and I saw a kid holding an iPad to his ear. And I was like, seriously, kid? Is that what's going on? This is the new kind of phone thing that's going on? I'm just glad I don't know anyone that does that, because I'd be really embarrassed for them. So... Oh, wait, we know someone that does that? Oh, that's, that's awkward. Uh, so I was just thinking about this week, you know, different ways that people grab my attention. And uh, one of the people that really stood out was Doug's son, Landon. He, he has a really interesting way of getting your attention when you're not paying attention to him. I was outside a church sitting in the lobby, and uh, me and him were talking. I forget, we were having a deep conversation about probably world hunger or something like that. He's a smart kid. And so he's sitting there, and uh, he's talking to me, and someone else comes over to me, and they need to talk to me about something. And he was not having it. We were deep in the conversation. So he puts one hand on my cheek like this, and then the other one here, and he just turns my face towards him like this. And he, he just had me. And he was just like, I don't like when you do that. I was like, all right, man. Uh, I'm sorry about that. And then we're sitting there, we're having a conversation, and I'm looking at him this time. And now he just starts playing with my neck hair. And like, it's kind of like thin. My neck hair is, I don't really have a beard. I'm not that cool. And so he's just kind of playing with these. I like that. <laughs> and he just said, yeah, he was really good at keeping my attention. There's not many people who can do that, but Landon can do it. Another, I can't really call this a person. It's my dog, Miley. But she holds my attention really well when I'm not giving it to her. Um, she really doesn't like me. I, I have a confession. is that she doesn't like me too much, except for Friday mornings. I don't know what it is, but she loves me Friday mornings. And so once my dad leaves for work at like 8 o'clock in the morning, she just sits by my door and she cries and she cries until I get up. And, you know, I used to open the door and let her come in. But now she's figured out a way to open up my door. I'm not even kidding. She like sticks her head in the corner somehow and like uses her paw and she like wedges the door open, gets in my room, and then she has, does the weirdest thing when she gets in. She hops up and she likes to sit on my head until I wake up. So she's just sitting there. I'm like, are you, are you serious? And she just sits on my head. And then when I still don't get up, she takes her paws and she drives them into my head, like as hard as she can. And she gets me up like that. And usually what I do then is, I, usually I put the comforter over my head. So I just fling her to the bottom of my bed when she does it. She's a small dog, so. But she deserves it. She's pawing my head. But she does a really good job of grabbing my attention. And uh, that's what this whole series has been about. We've been looking at a story in the Bible, where God was trying to desperately get the attention of the people of Israel. And if you weren't here in part one, that's okay. I'm going to fill you in on what was happening. We were looking in the book of 1 Kings 18, and God had done something to the people to get their attention. He turned their economy upside down because he wanted them to realize something, and the people of Israel weren't getting the clue. And so God had to get the prophet Elijah involved and he goes to the people and we looked at what happened and what was going on is the people had turned their hearts away from God and the prophet Elijah says this, he says you're like people who sway back and forth and we kind of brought out this scale last time to illustrate it 
And see, the people's hearts, it was divided. Sometimes they were sold out for God. And then other times they would give themselves to their idols in the life. And they would go back and forth between the two. And the prophet said, God does not want his people to live like this. He wants them to be sold out for him. And so we, we put a weight there. And we said that this is the dynamic that God is looking for. He's looking for a life that won't sway. He's looking for people who will be completely sold out to him and to his purpose. And in that message, we drew some similarities between us and the people of that time. You know, our economy is in ruin, just like the people of Israel's was during that time. Guys, I think that's because God is trying to get our attention too. I think it's because we are people who have a lot of idols in our life, and this isn't our dynamic. Our dynamic is to sway back and forth. On Sundays, we love God, but then during the week, we forget about him, and we sway throughout our weeks. But we said that this is the dynamic that God's after. And tonight, I get to talk to you guys about why this matters so much. Why God wants this dynamic. You know, in the first part of the message, I was really talking to Christians. I was talking to those of you guys who already know Jesus as your savior. But tonight, I get to talk to some of you other guys that fall in some different categories tonight. Some of you who are unsure, maybe you're atheists. Tonight, I get to show you why God wants everyone to be sold out to him. Because it's for a reason. And see, I'm sure many of you thought last week that this seemed really cruel that maybe God is trying to suck out all the fun in our lives. Why should we be sold out to him? I know that I've thought that at times in my life. Doesn't it seem like God just wants to suck out all the fun in life, that we can't live for other things that are good? I mean, last week we named some things that are good. There's nothing wrong with them. They're not essentially sin. But God wants our hearts to be sold out for him. And tonight we get to go on with the story and see exactly why. And Guys, there is so much at stake tonight when it comes to this situation. Because if you miss on what I'm saying and you miss out on this dynamic of why God wants it, of the reason behind it and why we should do it, I'll tell you this up front, is you will live a really, really sad life. That you will lead a really empty life because God is doing this for a reason and for a purpose so we have a lot of scripture to look at tonight. So we're gonna jump right into it. We're in 1 Kings 18, and we're gonna start right in verse 22 tonight. And this is what it says. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets left. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut into pieces and put on the wood but not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire, he is God. Then all the people said that this is good. So let me set this up for you guys if that was a little bit much. There's gonna be two sides and there's gonna be two altars and there's gonna be a battle and they're gonna see who God is and the way they're gonna do it is they're gonna set up a nice big fire pit essentially. And they're gonna put a bull, chopped up bull on top of it. And both sides are gonna pray to their gods. On one side, you have the 400 
and 50 prophets of Baal. And they're gonna cry out and ask Baal to come down and consume the sacrifice that's on the altar. What's interesting about Baal is that in the picture I showed you guys last week, it's, it's not gonna be up this week, but last week, I don't know if you noticed this, but his hand is raised up high. The reason why it's raised up high is in some pictures, the people made him with a lightning bolt in his hand. So the people thought that this was a really easy competition for them to win. The prophets of Baal thought this was gonna be so easy that Baal was just gonna throw down the lightning bolt and consume the fire. And so that's why they say, you know, this sounds good. This is a good way to solve it. Whichever one gets consumed, then we'll really know which one is God. Let's go to verse 25. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls and prepare it first. So they get to go first. Since there are so many of you, call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered, and they danced around the altar they had made. So these people are passionate about it, guys. They are dancing around this altar. They, they are going all for it. See, what the people had forgotten was that their ancestors had made Baal. They had forgotten it, and it became a reality to them. They really, really thought that this statue they had been worshiping was gonna come down and consume the fire. They thought it was gonna come through for them. And so they dance and they dance. And the Bible says that they did it for hours. But no one answered. And you know, doesn't that seem so silly as we say that right now? As we look back and we know all the history of it, how silly they were. You know, that's kind of been the trend in this series is to say, look at them and see how silly, but then realize that we aren't too far from that, guys. Because we believe the idols in our life are really gonna come through for us when we need them. We believe that the things that we desire more than God are really going to satisfy us. That they are gonna make us more happy than he ever could. And that's exactly what the people did here. They thought Baal was gonna come through for them. They thought he was gonna answer. Just like time after time, we look to other things in our life that will never satisfy us and never come through for us when we really need them. And so we are just like these silly people dancing around this fire for an object they made when we live for things apart from God that we know will never satisfy us. So let's see what Elijah says about all this. Verse 25. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he is daydreaming or is relieving himself or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. This is one of the funniest verses in the entire Bible. And you guys haven't even realized why it's funny yet. Essentially, what Elijah's saying here is I think Baal's sitting on the toilet. I think he's a little too busy. Like this was like really like a big deal. Imagine people saying that in church today. Let me put this in common terms for you guys today. He's sitting on the toilet and he's dropping off the kids at the pool. He can't come right now. That's essentially what Elijah is saying to these people. And they are dancing around this fire right here, going at it with all they have. And he's mocking them. He's saying, you know, maybe he's daydreaming. 
Maybe he's got something else going on. Like, I think Elijah is a pretty funny dude for doing that. Like, that, that is right, like, my alley of humor. I think that is so good and one of the funniest verses in the Bible. I would like to hang out with Elijah. We would th- have some good bathroom jokes together. So I'm, I'm guessing that the people are extremely insulted and that they don't, they're getting kind of upset now. So let's go to verse 28. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice came. But there was no response. No one answered and no one paid attention. So Elijah's mocking them. And so they try even harder now. Now they're really upset. Now they're getting into it. Now they're cutting themselves. They're dancing and they're crying all the harder. Baal, answer us, answer us. Show us that you are God and come through in this moment for us. See, see they believed it, guys. They, they, they really believed it was going to happen. You don't, you don't cut yourself and hurt yourself that deeply unless you think something's really going to happen. See, there was, there was a lot at stake in this competition, guys. Because ultimately, the loser was a liar. And they were lying to all the people. And there was only one way to deal with liars that would mistreat the people this badly and ruin the whole state of Israel so bad. And that was death. So they had to believe in this. And guys, I think that we're like that too. We really believe the things are gonna really come through for us. And even more than that, I wanna ask you, when was the last time that one of the idols in your life did come through for you? I, I, I don't know what your idol is tonight. I, I don't know what it is that you desire more than God tonight, what you give your attention and your time to. But, but I'll, I'll throw some out. Maybe it's something like TV. I, I, I know that that's a big struggle for probably some of you. You're young and you give a lot of time to that. Or maybe it's Facebook. Or maybe it's a friend. I want to ask you, when was the last time that your TV, Facebook, your friend healed someone in your family when they were sick? When was the last time one of your idols healed you from depression? When was the last time one of your idols was there for you when you had no joy, when you had no peace? When was the last time your idols really did anything for you. Maybe they distract you for a little bit. Maybe they give you something to do. But when was the last time you lived for something and it came through for you and really made you happy at the end of the day? And maybe it worked for a moment or so. Man, as I searched the list of my heart of things that I call idol for myself, it never did anything like that. When I went through hard times in my life, my idols didn't do anything for me. They were never there for me. In fact, they let me down even more. They led me down worse roads. And because I had them in the life, my life, it brought me to worse places, guys. See, just like Baal wasn't answering these people, our idols never answer us when we really need them. So let's go to the next verse. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, 
one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, your name shall be Israel. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord and he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold about three gallons. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. I don't know if you guys have ever tried to start a fire in water. It doesn't work too well. I've tried it before in my life. You can't make a fire when there's water. And that's, Elijah's doing this for a purpose. He wants to show the people how impossible this would be for this bull to go on fire by soaking it with water, how hard it would be. He's doing that to show off God's power because he knows God's gonna answer. And he knows nothing is gonna stop God from setting that bull on fire. That you can soak it in water. No matter how hard the situation was, he knew God was gonna come through. And so let's see what he does to even show off even more. He says, do it again. And they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered. And they did it a third time. The water ran down the altar and even filled it. So now this whole pit is filled with water. Because this would be impossible to light if you had just a couple of matches, even if you had a, like a freaking flamethrower. This would have been hard to light on fire. Like this thing was not gonna go on fire. It just wasn't gonna happen. So let's see what he does. Verse 36, at the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. And you have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. See, guys, that is the heart of this series, what the prophet prays right there. That's my heart for you guys, is that God would turn our hearts back to him, that we wouldn't waver anymore, that we would see tonight that all these other things will let us down, that, they will, that we will, when we sway, that we will never really be satisfied. And my heart is that God would turn all of our hearts back to him. So let's see if this happens after Elijah prays. Verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and it also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. So God comes through even though it was impossible, even though it was a hard situation, 450 people praying on one side, Elijah, one man praying on this side. He prays one simple prayer. He doesn't dance, he doesn't shout, he doesn't cut himself, he prays. And as soon as he's done praying, God consumes the fire. That is why God wants us to be sold out like this. This is, is why he doesn't want the people's hearts to sway anymore, guys. Because he knows our idols will never do anything for us. 
He knows they will always let us down and they will always fail us. But yet, he wants to do everything for us. He wants to be there. He wants to answer our prayers. But we look to other things, things we've made, things we've created, silly things to live for. When God wants to consume the fire in our lives. You know, this whole week I was, I was really thinking about a way how I could set a fire on the stage and show this to you guys. I, I really wanted to set up some straw and a bowl here. I don't know how we can cut, maybe some meat I was gonna cut up. Maybe have Taylor stand underneath the stage with a flamethrower and shoot up some fire. I, I, just, I wanted to fill it with water and everything too because I would've been sick. I mean, everyone would've given their life back to Jesus tonight. I probably would've given my life back to Jesus tonight. Like, God, this is awesome. But, so that's why you guys gotta start tithing more so I can start doing cool things like that. Gosh, guys, you're really letting me down. No, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. No, I'm not at all. I'm really serious. So <laughs> that'd just be so sick. <laughs> so the people then turn their hearts after see this, after seeing this, that they finally realize that God is the real God and that He is in control. And right after that, Elijah tells the king at the time, get ready for it to rain, because God is coming back on Israel when the people finally decide to be sold out for him. So then we go to verse 40. Then Elijah commanded them, seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let let any of them get away. They seized them and Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and they were slaughtered there. These guys are having a bad day, man. Because I I feel bad for these guys. They're they're dancing, getting cut, and now they're just getting their heads cut off. It's just a bad day. Feel for them a little bit. (laughs) I'm glad God doesn't cut off our heads like that when we make mistakes. But... God finally gets the attention of the people. And guys, God is after our attention tonight. And I found this quote by C.S. Lewis I want to share with you guys tonight. This quote kind of put everything in perspective for me when I was going through a similar situation like this in my life, when I had some idols and I was struggling with this and I didn't understand why God should be at the center of my life. And this was around the time where I first started reading, reading C.S. Lewis. And this just made it come so alive to me and just put it in great perspective and it's still probably um, one of my favorite quotes from him. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink, sex, and ambition when infinite joy is offered us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea. We are far too easily pleased. Guys, this is the people in our story. This is us. See, these people, they weren't playing with mud pies, but they were playing with a statue. They were playing with a doll, and they were saying, heal us, please us, make us happy. And they were looking to this thing when they could have had a holiday at sea, guys. The people settled for so much less when God wanted to be their satisfaction, when he wanted to do so many things in our lives. And that's us, guys. We look to idols in our lives, just like C.S. Lewis said, like sex, like drugs, like money, like all these things, and they'll never really satisfy us. They're nothing more than us just playing in the mud when we could have God. You know, before when I was saying, no, my TV never came through for me when I needed it, when when all these other idols in my life never came through for me when I needed it. Can I tell you what came through? 
for me when I needed it, in times in my life when were hard, when it seemed like my world was falling apart, when my dad got really sick and I felt like I had nothing left, when I felt like my world was crashing in around me. You know what was there? God was there. And he comforted me. And he gave me joy. And he gave me peace. And he carried my family through that situation. When there were times in my life when I was struggling with addictions and problems, some of those things were there for me. But you know what was there for me? God was there for me. And he comforted me. And he got me through those addictions as I leaned on him. You know what was there for me? When I didn't know some decisions and hard things that I had to make in my life, big steps I had to make. None of those things that I looked to, but God was there for me. And he helped me through every situation, through every hard thing that I was facing. So for those of you that are not Christians tonight, that's why God wants it to be like this. This is why he wants this dynamic because he knows it's gonna be the only thing that satisfies us. He knows it's gonna be the only thing that carries us. So he's not being cruel. He's not holding you back from anything. And if you're not a Christian tonight, I wanna tell you this, is that Jesus loves you and that he wants to do for you all the things that he did for me and even more. And that tonight, he wants to meet you where you are. And he wants to do some amazing things in, in your life. So here's what I want you guys to walk away with tonight. Your idols will never answer. Only God will answer and satisfy you and truly be there for you. But guard your hearts. Guard your hearts. My prayer is that I would guard my heart because we so easily forget this. We go home tomorrow and this week passes, and we, and we live for this, and we, we live this message out, but then life sets in, and we forget it. We give our attention and our desires to other things in our life. See, so guys, those will let us down. Guard your hearts. Know that God is the only thing that satisfies. Don't let anything slip in. Christians especially, we forget this so easily. Let God be at the center so you will live a satisfied life in him. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word, Lord, that reaches out to us tonight, God, that heals us, that speaks new life to us tonight, that allows us to come back to you if we walked away, if we do have idols in our life. And God, we lay them at your feet tonight. And we say, God, forgive us. God, I pray like those people that you would turn our hearts back to you tonight, God. That we wouldn't be distracted by things in our life, by TV, but by a sports team, God, by our boyfriend or our girlfriend, that you would be at the center, God. Because all these other things will let us down, Holy Spirit. And so, God, I pray for anyone that's struggling with this tonight, God, and they feel like they can't let go of something. I pray, God, that you would reach out to them tonight, God, that by your grace and by your power, God, that you would burn away these idols. I pray for anyone tonight, God, that's searching and is looking for answers. I pray that you would meet them tonight, God, that you would give them an experience with you, Jesus. If you're not a Christian and you want to take that next step, and if you want to introduce Jesus into your heart for the first time and let him be savior of your life, I encourage you this, to talk to someone 
after this service. There'll be a prayer team up here who would love to pray with you and tell you a little bit more, get you a Bible, get you started on this road. I'll tell you, this will be the most amazing choice you've ever made in your life. And that if you seek God with all of your heart, you'll find him. So God, be with us tonight as we sing to you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.